We meet today in Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 to verse 18. Now this is the autographed conclusion. Paul's personal testimony is also given. This section also brings us to the last major division of the epistle to the Galatians. Three handwritings are mentioned in this final section. The first is Paul's own handwriting. And in this section, the Apostle Paul shows the carnal motives and the glorying of the Judaizing teachers. Verse 11 to verse 13, the Judaizing teachers were glorying in themselves. And he also determines to glory only in the cross of Christ, by which he is crucified to the world and the world to him. Actually, verse 14, that's what it speaks about. Nothing in Christ avails but a new creation. Nothing in Christ avails but a new creation. That's what verse 15 talks about. Paul prays for peace on the Israel of God, and he desires that none of them would further trouble him, who as an older soldier bear the scars of his warfare, and he commands them, to the grace of Christ. That's what Paul speaks of in verse 16 to verse 18. Galatians 6 verse 11. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. Now Paul concludes the epistle to the Galatians with his own characteristic imprimatur. He says, see with what letters I have written to you with my own hand. You see, a secretary, having recorded Paul's words, is now replaced by the apostle himself, who in large letters affixes the unique mark of his identification. This epistle to the Galatians is only six chapters, while his epistle to the Romans which deals with practically the same subject, is 16 chapters. This would not be called a longer letter. But Paul is saying that he has written with large letters, which is characteristic with people who have poor vision. And it is from this basis that many scholars believe that Paul's thorn in the flesh theory was that he had eyes trouble. As you may recall, he had said to them earlier, For I bear you witness that if possible you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. That is in Galatians 4 verse 15. Now, the conclusion there, which I am also convinced of, is that Paul had a serious visual problem. When Paul wrote his epistle to the Romans, he dictated it to a secretary. And at the conclusion of the letter, Paul said to the secretary, Now if you want to put in your greeting, go ahead and do it. So in Romans 16, we have the secretary's salutation. I, Titius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. However, when Paul wrote to the Galatians, he was angry. He was not happy with what they were doing. He had heard that they were mixing the gospel with the law. 
You remember him speaking words when he said, If I rebuild again what I have destroyed, then I become a lawbreaker. So what they had done had caused him to become angry. They were mixing the gospel with the law. The gospel of the grace of God is absolutely destroyed by moving in such a direction. He couldn't wait for a secretary to arrive. He just sat down and wrote to them himself. Because he didn't see clearly, he wrote with large letters. And so he even writes there, See how large letters I have used. Again, that also emphasizes the very point that he was communicating with them. But what is it? It now comes out through his personal testimony. Galatians chapter 6 verse 12. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. You see, by exerting pressure and stressing circumcision among the Gentiles, the Judaizers hoped to escape the anger and the wrath of Jews who were not believers. The Judaizers were the legalists of the day. Actually, you never get in trouble preaching legalism, by the way. If you preach the gospel of the law, the gospel of works, everyone will love you. It does not get you in trouble. You see, the gospel of legalism appeals to the natural man because law is given to curb him. Men of us certainly feel that the old nature of the other man should be bridled, should be kept. So when you come up with numerous laws and prohibitions and regulations, then you actually don't create enemies. But coming with the gospel of grace, it has an offense. Frankly, we all like a law we can obey, but we don't want it to be too heavy for us. You see, legalism is popular. The grace of God is unpopular. The human heart finds the grace of God repulsive. It is the offense of the cross. It is the offense of the cross. Galatians 6 verse 13. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. You see, by forcing the Gentiles to be circumcised, the Judaizers would gain the credit for bringing them under the law. All they would boast about is we have managed to make them behave and live like Jews. You see? All they would have done is to Hellenize them. It is now interesting that those who claim they live under the law are not actually living by the law. Many people who say that they live by the sermon on the mountains, basically the truth is they are hypocrites. Like these Judaizers, they could not keep the law, but they insisted that those who had come to God through faith should keep the law. Only for their own good. That is why they would boast. Now I know this from experience in ministry. It is hypocritical to go around telling other people that you are living by the Sermon on the Mount or by the law while you are breaking it at every turn of your life. 
We need the grace of God. And there are multitudes of people boasting in many churches today that they keep the law. Paul mentions that with this tremendous statement. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Galatians 6 verse 14. Now, here it says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross. What were the Judaizers boasting? They were boasting in the keeping of the law, which they were breaking anyway. But Paul says, the only place where we can boast is in the cross. And the world had been crucified to him and him also to the world. Between Paul and the world, there was a cross, my friend. That should be the position of every believer today. Between you and the world, the cross, that will have more to do with shaping your conduct than anything else. You will not boast about the fact that you are keeping the sermon on the mound or that you are keeping the Sabbath or you are keeping the law or you belong to a certain church or you are a church officer or you are a preacher or a Sunday school teacher or you are a missionary or you participate in a choir. No, you will not be able to boast of anything. You will only boast in the cross and the one who died there on the cross, that is Jesus. My friend, that is the message of the grace of God. That is the grace message. And that is the gospel. Galatians 6 verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. You see, Uncircumcision did not commend people to God. What commends people to God is the fact that you are a child of God. You have been regenerated. You are a new creation. And by the way, that actually brings us to the second handwriting mentioned in these final verses. You see, there was that other handwriting, the handwriting of circumcision. Circumcision was the handwriting of religion and the law. It was sort of a handwriting on the body. It served as a badge signifying that you belonged under the Abrahamic covenant. It never availed anything. You see, my friend, wearing a button or a pin signifying that you belong to a lodge or a fraternity can become almost meaningless. We read here, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Uncircumcision is of no value either. These things carry no value whatsoever. Now, there are people today who like to boast of what great sinners they were before their conversion. Well, whether or not you have been circumcised, whatever your state, it is of no consequence. It is of no importance. The essential thing is, has the Spirit of God come into your life? 
and has the Spirit of God made you a new creature in Christ Jesus? The Bible tells us, Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. What makes a difference is the fact of being a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, how do you become a new creature? This can come about only through faith in Jesus. You see, Paul could never have had any difficulty with the legalism of his day if he had presented the gospel as only a competitor in the field. The problem that Paul did is that he presented the gospel as the only way. That's what got him in trouble. Let me illustrate what I mean. We have an abundance of soaps on the market, different types of soap. Those who promote them tell us that they will make you smell good or make you feel good or are kind maybe to your skin. It will make your skin smooth. So they actually make you and me get out a new brand of the soap and they will call it clean, clean, clean. Let's give it the name, for example, clean, since getting you clean is the purpose of the soap. And when that seems to be the one thing the advertisers have forgotten, you see, so they will rub it in. We will start advertising it by claiming that it is the only soap that will make you clean. Our slogan will become buy clean and get clean. That's how advertisers generally go about with their things. Now that will get us in trouble immediately. When we claim that it is the only soap that will get you clean. When we begin to talk like that, then we get trouble. Manufacturers of other soaps will really begin to howl. They will begin to complain. They will try to find out why we are saying that. They may even drag you to cause. But this is what Paul was claiming for the gospel. If he had said, Judaism is good, but Christianity is better. If Paul had said that, he wouldn't have been in trouble. Because that's what the advertisers say today. Our product is better than the other soaps on the market. That's competition. Paul was not putting the gospel as a competitor with the other gospels. No. One would dare say that, you see, in the soap industry, no one would dare say that their soap is the only soap that could do the job. But notice that Paul is not claiming that his soap is only a little better than the soap of Judaism. No, he is saying that Judaism is nothing, that circumcision is nothing, that whether you are circumcised or not circumcised is nothing. He is saying that only the writing of the Holy Spirit in your life, giving you a new nature, is essential. My friend, that is putting it on the line. That's why he got in trouble. You see, you don't need the writing on your body through circumcision. You need the writing on your heart by the Holy Spirit, on the tablet of your heart, not on stone tablets, not even on the foreskin or on the flesh. You need it right on your heart by the Spirit of God.
Now we come to the third and final handwriting presented to us again in this section. This is a section of handwritings, a section of handwritings, handwritings. Galatians 6 verse 16 to verse 17. And as men as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Paul merely declares that the cost of his service to Christ can be assessed by anyone who looks at his scars, which are the result of suffering persecution for the sake of the Savior. Notice the word marks. Paul is saying, I bear in my body the marks. The Greek word here is stigmata, meaning scar marks. If you want to see the handwriting of Jesus, look upon Paul's body. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to verse 27, he tells us, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews five times I received fifty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Well, this is what Paul experienced, and on his body are those scar marks. The stigma were the suffering of Paul, which he endured for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Paul's day, the stigmata was used in three ways. When a runaway slave was found and brought back to his master, he was branded on the forehead. Also soldiers who belonged to famous companies had the names of their commanders tattooed on their foreheads. Then too, devotees of a pagan goddess had her name branded on their foreheads. Now, Paul says, I have on my body the stigmata of the Lord Jesus. He is saying this in effect, I have written to you out of deep emotion with great conviction. If you want to know if I truly believe what I have written, and if these things are real in my own life, read my body, look at my scars, they are the evidence. This is Paul's testimony, the testimony of God's handwriting on his body. Paul says that circumcision is nothing, although he himself had been circumcised, but he bore the brand marks of the Lord Jesus upon his body, and upon his life. Now, I believe that in our day, the Lord Jesus still stoops to write, not upon the shifting sands of the temple floor, but he writes upon the lives of those who are his own. 
His branding iron is on our hearts for eternity. Do we proudly wear the stigmata, willing to bear reproach for Jesus' sake? That is a wonderful calling. That is a wonderful invitation. Galatians 6 verse 18. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. That brings us to the end of Galatians. Unlike the Judaizers who make much ado about the now irrelevant, insignificant mark of circumcision, Paul bears bodily marks, which do mean something. They are the wounds and injuries incurred in serving God, the results of having willingly accepted the persecution for the cross, which the legalists seek to avoid. Now, Paul concludes this marvelous epistle by commending the brethren to the grace of God, saying, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, the spirit who alone does the best handwriting that fits all of us for heaven. To God be the glory. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.